Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Midpoint. My guest today has had and continues to have one of the most successful careers in broadcasting. She's a couple of years shy of 40 years in front of the camera. As a young journalist, she tackled sexism in the newsroom before reporting on some of the biggest stories of the day, including the Dunblane Massacre for TVAM. From the mid-90s, she was the host of GMTV and in 2010, she started her eponymous show, Lorraine. Yep. It's Lorraine Kelly. The show is still as strong as ever, with millions tuning in every week, as much for the host as the guests and features. Lorraine is quite simply TV royalty. She's the patron of many charitable causes, including Worldwide Cancer Research. She's an OBE, a CBE, a BAFTA winner, and so many other awards and accolades that it'd probably take up most of the podcast if I continued. Today's episode is, of course, sponsored by Solgar, with more than 300 products that bear the hallmark of the gold label. Distributed in over 60 countries across the globe, Solgar is trusted by millions of consumers worldwide. So head over to the Solgar store, solgar.co.uk, to shop their gold standard vitamin range. And if you use the discount code MIDPOINT30, you'll get 30% off. Right, let's have a chat to Lorraine. We've got Madonna, Beyonce, Shakira, Messi, Ronaldo. I mean, there are very few people who have one name, you know, that we can all recognise them. And you are up there, aren't you? You know, if I said somebody, oh, Lorraine's on the podcast, they don't think Lorraine Chase. They don't go, Lorraine who? They know exactly who I mean. I mean, to get to that position in our industry is tough, isn't it? And I think people might not realise how tough it is, Lorraine, to be you and get to where you've got to. I don't know. You see, I think I was very lucky because one of the things that I was really lucky about was when I started with Breakfast Telly, um, there was only me and a crew in a wee tiny office in Glasgow. And I was never, ever said, you know, I was never told, right, that's what a girl does and that's what a boy does. So I was able to do things like football, sport, any kind of sport, tended more to be football, to be honest. Um, before that was really a thing, you know, that would have been early 80s. And it was really unusual. And I was really patronised, as you can imagine, by some of the old dinosaur managers. I mean, I really was. But at the same time, I was never told you can't do that. And that was that was a joy and a blessing because obviously I was there to do the big news stories, but I was also there to do everything. You know, I was like, I was head of sport, <laughs> head of politics, <laughs> head of, you know, I don't know, skateboarding ducks. I was head of everything. So, but and was that a, was a joy. A bit of tough love, though, by the sounds of it. You know, it was a different environment, different days, weren't they? It was. It was. I mean, I, you know, it, it was great because I started off, I went straight into my local newspaper and I think there's really something fantastic about that because again it was a really tiny team and we all had to muck in um, and of course the chief reporter would get the big stories but everybody was encouraged to go out and again it wasn't based on whether you were a boy or a girl or whatever it was just that you were a journalist and you got the story it was a wee bit of a culture shock to go to the BBC because the the demarcation lines were much more defined um, and of course I was you know I was told that my accent was terrible and I'd never make it in, in TV but that was a good thing Gabby that was a good thing with hindsight at the time I was crushed but it made me that very day look around for other other opportunities and lo and behold as things happen there was a job going at uh, at TVAM and, and I applied mm. for it and I don't think I would have if I hadn't had had 
that you know, that news that I was never going to make it because I thought, well, it's never going to happen at BBC Scotland, but it might happen in this new, because at that time, Breakfast Telly was really new mm-hmm. and it might happen there. So I sort of went into it as you do when you're young um, with no fear, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So, I, you know, I went and did the screen test and it all went... It all went well. So in a way, that was a good thing to happen. But I know that there's been problems, you know, with them, with sexism and all sorts of things in the workplace. But I was just incredibly lucky that it didn't happen to me. And I've never thought to myself, I can't do this because... You know, you know what I mean. It's, it's been, I've been mm. lucky in that sense because it's not the same for everybody. I know that. No, 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 it's not. And 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 obviously, you've seen massive changes uh, from that, those early days in a newsroom in terms of sexism, diversity, and accountability and responsibility. I was chatting to a guy the other day who I used to work with at Sky, kind of thirty years ago, and he was actually bemoaning a little bit of the tough love disappearing. He said, without it, he doesn't think he'd have become the broadcaster he was. Right. Do you think we've kind of sanitized? To the extent that actually we've maybe lost something, a little bit of that hardness that you do need to get on in that environment. Do you know what? I think I think he's got a point, to be honest. I mean, nobody wants to go back to the days where women were referred to in the most disgraceful terms mm. and the C word was bandied around, which is absolutely disgusting. And um, mm. we do not want to go back there. Nobody does. Nobody does. But at the same time, you're right. I think, I think the main thing is you've got to be able to make mistakes, but mm. you've got to own them. And that's the thing, to give people an environment where you where they're comfortable to talk. And also something that I think is really important is for goodness sake, don't pull the ladder up behind you. I mean, what's the point? I always think to myself, what is the point of amassing all this experience? And you're exactly the same. You've got tons of experience and you've learned, sometimes learned the hard way, as, as we all have of a, of a certain age. What's the point of not passing that on? of not being able to say to people, actually, I did this and it didn't work or I did this and it did work and here's what you should do um, and giving people even, you know, they, they can ignore it, absolutely, if they want to, <laughs> but just giving them that kind of, you know, that that real, mm. I don't know, a, a, yeah, a hand up. It is a hand mm. up, I think. Um, and I hate that sort of bullying in the workplace or or that sort of belittling people because mm. you're never mm. going to get the best out of them why I would mean, you how, do what that? percentage do you reckon the human race actually get on better for being bullied you know what I mean like who no. who, who could, who could put the hand and go oh, that's the way I'd like to be treated thank you very yeah, much I'd really yes. like That'll... somebody to squish every ounce of you know enthusiasm out of me it, it is crazy and I honestly do believe that more women in the work, workplace more women in positions of authority and, and power obviously make that better because as mm. far as daytime at ITV goes we have got you know my editors obviously women Victoria Emma who's in charge of the whole of daytime is absolutely brilliant and has been in it since she was a baby um, and then of course you've got Carolyn who's the absolute giant boss of, of mm. ITV and I do think that makes a difference to the culture it's, it has mm. to and mm. it is a better place for that that's not to say that everybody's in it you know we're all floating around in little clouds going la 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 we're not no <laughs> we're well, absolutely not did an, I did a documentary about a decade ago on sexism in football and I interviewed Karen Brady and I remember her at the time saying she only invests her personal money into companies that have at least a, a one member on the board, ah, a female member on the board. She won't, and, and not because she was taking a political stance, but because she no. felt the companies were going to be better run because of it. Totally. Absolutely. I do believe that. Um, I'm not saying, I mean, you know, I'm not saying, oh, well, that should be the way we go and there, there should be no men because that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> but it does make a massive, massive difference if you've got a culture. woman in a position of power and a woman who can say, no, that's not the way we're doing it this is the way we're doing it and we'll be all, all the better for it, definitely. Which, which brings me on actually nicely to kind of the 
I don't know if you've heard about, you know, Carolyn Harris, the MP, has got the menopause bill uh, going yes, through Parliament. Oh, yes, and, absolutely. And Timpson's announced this week they're giving free <gasps> HRT to their God workforce. bless them. I know, an amazing <laughs> company. And so there is this conversation that is recognising women's kind of workplace situation Definitely. in this midlife and this menopause kind of period. And, and to lose all these women from the workplace because they oh. can't cope with symptoms is just ridiculous, isn't it? Because that talent, as you've just talked about, that wisdom would just disappear or have has been disappearing actually hasn't it yeah. for a lot of, a lot of companies and it's crazy isn't it i mean take out the emotion from it the fact that as a, an employer you should act in a compassionate way to your workforce even if you take that away you're losing such a massive resource you mm. know you're lo- you know these are wise women these are women with experience these are women you know that, that know what they're doing and just because their hormones are a bit unbalanced at that particular time and um, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're worthless and you should just walk away it's it's crazy but mm. I just think it's brilliant podcasts like yours we've talked about it on the show it's taken a while though mm. and I remember Gabby I remember sort of even when we talked about this five six years ago it was really hard to get people to talk about it, especially mm. women in the public eye, because there was this misinformation, misconception that somehow yeah, you've got the menopause, all oh, right, you're an old bag, shuffle off, mm. <laughs> which is like the most ridiculous thing ever in the world. But there was this kind of almost like sense mm. of shame. Well, also a perception that suddenly you're there for some reason that's connected to your fertility almost. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no. it's like kind of, you're only in your absolutely. job because you can breed, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Which is the what worst. you're saying. If you don't, you know, if you actually believe that somehow those women should be redundant in terms of what their usefulness is to society yeah. and to their careers. Um, no, so it is, your, it's your, madness. <laughs> your, your, yeah, and your show has always tackled those tough topics and, you know... We try, think, yeah. yeah. And it's important, it's important. I mean, I do think that with daytime, you know, I know people that don't watch it have got some idea that it's all just fluffy and do, do, French and Saunders did the best takeoff of it, sitting talking about Joan Collins's towels, you know, our fluffy towels. <laughs> I loved it so much. It was great. But I'm Unfortunately, there is that misconception. If people don't watch it, they think that. But you think of the sort of topics that we do we do cover. It's everything. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely everything. All human life is there. And we're always trying to take the embarrassment out of things. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's um, self-examination. You know, we've had people doing breast examinations, testicular examinations, all that kind of thing, you know, which we should be doing and talking about everything. And But the one thing, the one thing, Gabby, that we got the biggest reaction for was talking about the menopause. It was extraordinary. It was like a torrent. You know, women were saying, and men, men were saying it too. They were saying, thank God you've done this because my partner is now going away and go help, you know, whether it's HRT mm. or whatever. And now I've got her, because that's what my husband said about me. You know, once I went on HRT, he said, I've got you back. Mm. It was like, and where did you go? He, how was he during that time in terms of us? He didn't know what a... to do with himself. He didn't know what to no. do with me. He was like, you know, and he was, and he's. we've all, the one thing we've always been able to do is talk to one another. Mm. And he just said, he said, I saw you disappearing down a black hole and I didn't know what to do. And it was him who said, for goodness sake, you have to get help, which is why the next day I basically just sat, Dr. Hilary Jones, poor Dr. Hilary. There's a queue every morning of people <laughs> saying, I've got a sore bum, I've got a sore elbow, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and I just went to him and chatted about it and he, he listened to my symptoms. He said, you're menopausal, you're silly women <laughs> this yeah, is what it's all know, about how you know, brilliant that him, he, I know. he was there because not all doctors would necessarily and so no, but you know. see this is the thing isn't it so many doctors as we know you present with symptoms and they go ah okay that's anxiety and depression here's a wee pill now obviously if you have got it's not just hormonal and you have anxiety and depression of course you you need help but it's been misdiagnosed and and that's that's a real real worry although it is changing 
It is changing slowly, it is slowly. Changing, and conversations are yeah. helping that. But in that Definitely. time, Lorraine, because you never appeared anything other than on television than positive mm. and bubbly, and and how the hell you do that in the morning, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> and the few times I've been on your show, or I've, even even earlier, you know, on the earlier slot, I, I get up and I think they do this every day. How, how can I not make myself do it one day? But during that time, was there ever a point where you thought to yourself, you know what, I'm just going to ride off into the sunset. I've had a great career. I can't do this anymore. I don't think it ever got as bad as that but I did feel as if I was short, in a way shortchanging the audience I did feel like that because I felt flat mm. and I really did have to kind of like we all do you know you have to get on with it and for that hour I actually did feel more like myself I could almost go into that that headspace and not think about anything else but I was really worried that I would come across as as being kind of joyless um, and well, and a, I don't that's a think big part of it, don't you? Think I know, whole, I know. It was one really of the is. That I felt that kind of feeling that nothing felt yeah, great. You know, I know it's meh. it's true, but I think the job saved me. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. in the same way that it saved me during this pandemic, is that every day getting in, you know, having your homework to do at night, you know, mm-hmm. chatting through the show, thinking about what you're going to do, coming up with ideas. That was actually an escape for me from all of the what was going on. Sometimes I would get overwhelmed, but I would come in and do it, and it was towards the end. And Steve said to me you have to get help that I was finding it hard to get up out of bed I was finding it hard to get that enthusiasm for the job and of course you can't do it if you're not giving giving it no. your all as far as I'm concerned so I didn't that was one of the reasons that I needed I needed to get help and what I found yeah. really interesting was when I finally got you know the patch to slap on my bottom it was miraculous yeah. <laughs> it really was within the space of a couple of weeks I just felt so much better and I thought and of course I was saying to myself why did I wait so long mm. why did I not recognise this why did this sneak up on me mm. I'm supposed to be reasonably well informed about especially about health matters especially about women's health matters mm. for the show and if it got me by surprise and and, and you know and sort of sneaked up and uh, snuck up mm. on me then it must be like that for the vast majority of women. It must be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I, 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 you know, conversations you have with the elder women in the family, you know, obviously yes. they're very few and far between. Most people I've spoken to have hardly ever had that conversation with anybody. No. I mean, no. my sister and I, I have now chatted. My mum maintains she didn't have menopause. <laughs> well, that's a whole Mind other story. Yeah, isn't that weird? Because my mum's the same. My mum said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. What are they all talking about the menopause? We sailed in my day. you know. But I think that was because everybody felt this sense of taboo and, and almost shame, mm. which is crazy. Mm. And they just kind of maybe just soldiered on. But how many of them were having the worst possible time? Yeah. And how many of them were, you know, were, were depressed and 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 feeling bad but mm. I think somehow they just sort of I don't know they just got I think it's a bit like it's a bit like that kind of whole pain relief in pregnancy isn't it in childbirth yes. rather it's almost like yeah. don't, I don't it's there take it it's, it's oh, to help you, you know are you kidding I had everything that was going. I was like, more, please, God. I mean, it's, you know, when I hear people saying, I never had anything, think, brilliant, that's great for you. That's great fantastic for you. For you but but that it. wasn't the way I did it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and, and the same thing I think applies to HRT. It's that conversation, is it right? Great that you don't want to do it, but this is what's going to help me. And I'm going to do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of misconception about HRT. I mean, it all goes back to that study mm. um, and studies that have been done you know since then have, yeah. I, I, for me you know obviously you've got to be informed of course you do mm-hmm. but for me the benefits so outweigh any small negativities and and I think if you are you know aware or you're worried about any sort of increases in things like breast cancer just check yourself mm-hmm. but get informed first because it is honestly as you know it's so life-changing it's amazing 
you've been on telly. You mentioned in 1983. You, you, I think that was 83, was it, that you started at... Um, it was, yeah, it yeah. was good, yeah. At, at it t- was. was it TVAM at that, that point, was it? It was, t- it was TVAM. Yeah. I joined them, I actually joined them, it was 1983 I joined the Beeb and in the beginning of right. 84 I joined TVAM and wow. I've been through so many regime changes. I well, mean, you so have, I mean... Haven't I? But also, I was like 10 or 11 when I was watching, getting <gasps> up in the morning, right, and watching you because at my house at home, my parents' house, I think my mum thinks it's the law that a telly has to be on all the time so oh, yes. uh-huh. in the morning there was always a telly on and usually it was ITV and so I think back to them when you know you seemed obviously like a grown-up and I was a child and then I don't know what happens with age like now we're the same right it's kind of weird how this happens in life yeah, that you get over okay. 40 and you don't uh-huh. feel like there's that big gap anymore with people like Kylie yeah. used to be years older than me now we're the same you know you can, you well know Kylie's <laughs> a child she's a child actually she's going but backwards she's I've a Benjamin like, Button Yes, <laughs> I kind of like though that that when you kind of get to I like me, it's about forty. I think we're suddenly we're just all grown ups. We're not really in any kind of boxes. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's a great thing. I really do. And there is a real sisterhood um, as well. I think once in, in, you get past forty, and there is a definitely a sisterhood with people that have gone through the menopause. There is that that sort of instant bond, you know, you, that you get when you're in a room and you get very very hot all of a sudden. Uh, and there's a, <laughs> and it's great that we're actually talking about that. And also, mm. you know, what we're seeing a but men as well talking to talking to our, our partners or, or whatever mm-hmm. it's 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 a great thing and I've talked about it with my daughter and she said quite rightly and very sensibly she said look mum why don't we talk about this at school she said I genuinely mm. didn't really know what it was until you know we we started talking about it about four or five years ago and she noticed that I was a bit down and a bit flat and couldn't really understand why and she said we should get taught about it in school mm. you know when you're doing what we used to get which used to be called sex education I don't know what they call it now but it was just you yeah, know it was PC- or something, isn't oh, it? Yeah, right. yeah, 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 something like that. And we should be talking mm. about that. We should be talking about fertility. We should be talking about, you know, health. We should be talking about the menopause. All these different things so that then it doesn't become this big thing. Mm. It just becomes part of life. It's the next stage of your life. And there it is. This is what might happen. Here's what you can do to help yourself. And why we don't do that, I do not know. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, the idea that you wouldn't talk about um, periods at school to girls and to boys is of just course. ridiculous, isn't it? And it's just, yeah. and for them to understand, because generally, kind of, it happens to people when their kids are kind of teenagers or around that age. So it's a so fragile it's, time anyway, isn't it, for those yeah. relationships? Because they're going through their own hormonal surges. So well, if we understand are, what's happening to them, so it's good to kind of work the other way, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And and we have to talk to our kids about it. We shouldn't make it such a big deal and something to be dreaded Mm. and something to be talked about Mm. in hushed tones. You remember, oh, Mm. she's going through the change and everybody would kind of like, you know, roll their eyes and, you know, (laughs) instead of just thinking, oh, yeah, well, that's just that that's something. And and we all get it to, uh, you know, some people get it younger, as we know, and and some people get it older and some people like maybe my mum did sail through it. I don't think Mm. she did, though. I think she just Mm. I think that, that generation just liked to tell us that they did. Um, you've seen a a lot of change obviously over the time that you've been in telly and you've seen um, the conversations that we're talking about now become kind of more prevalent and you've seen people talking about mental health for example so much more um, on on TV and the last 10 years certainly do you think because you must see trends you know of topics coming in in your job and kind of the things that people want to talk about has do you think the mental health conversation over the, the last few years has it led to better 
practice in the sense that what I'm kind of worried about is that people feel this kind of almost um, compulsion. They have to be happy. There's a kind of, you know, and actually sometimes it gets a little bit, I don't know, muddied slightly, Mm. that conversation. I agree with you. I think contentment is vastly underrated. You know, being content, sort of humming along to a tune in the radio and tidying out your knicker drawer it's joyful or it can be and I think you're right this pursuit of happiness everybody having this fear of missing out everybody looking at silly old you know social media which can be a great thing and can be an amazing power for positivity and all of that but it also has a darker side and and people look and and everybody's Instagram life isn't their real life well mine is because it's just my dog but I mean it's not really it's not really it's all I mean I don't I don't even to be honest I don't know how to work filters so that's why I look the way I do on Instagram do you know Lorraine sorry just just, the other day I was doing an award ceremony thing and this woman said can I have a, a selfie and she turned I don't have um Snapchat she turned Snapchat on she put a filter on I didn't recognize the person that was in the screen she, she took a picture of me and I was going who the hell's that I was like it, I look like Farrah Fawcett from 1976 oh. or something I, like, I mean this filter was unbelievable it totally changed it's my not. face it changed know, her face it's not as right. well and I was it's like not yeah. right. yeah. I was looking at her thinking that's not you like how that's do you, you. No, it's bizarre. It's crazy, isn't it? And and sometimes I do, I sit and I think, you know, when people, especially especially young, tends to be young musicians, young bands. But, I mean, you look at Little Mix and mm. they should have been having, it really breaks my heart, they should be mm. having the time of their lives, mm. those girls. Mm. They should be. And and to a great, you know, they are now and again, but not always. And you look at, mm. you look at the sort of the time that they've had, the nonsense they get online, horrible, mm. horrible mm. stuff. Um, and how, and I just think, this is not right. They yeah. should be having a blast. They should be like the bands in the 60s and 70s. Well, maybe mm. not, maybe not doing all the stuff they did. But I mean, they should, but they should be having fun. They're living their dream and it's not fair. And I think that is something that we really, I suppose the genie's out the bottle now. I don't know how mm. you police social media. There must be a way. They've got the tech yeah. to do it. I kind of, but, I just keep thinking sh- this, the pendulum's somehow going to swing back and I don't know how. To. It has but, to, it yeah. has to. We can't have that because, you know, I was bullied at school. Most people are bullied at school, especially people like me that always felt a wee bit on the outside of what was going on. And then it was only when I got older and found my tribe, you know, I found my, mm-hmm. my clan, mm-hmm. if you like, um, most of them being extraordinary, exuberant, wonderful gay people um, that I was able to kind of relax. You know, it's like, oh, I found it. And we're all, we've all been there, haven't we, on the outside? Mm-hmm. And I, I would get bullied. But the, the thing about that was you'd go home to your mum from school either at three o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon and everything would be okay you were in your haven you were safe it was all right they couldn't get you and of course now they can because of devices Mm -hmm. and I don't Mm -hmm. think we can say to kids turn it off because I don't think they can I don't think they could function without their phones and and why should they have to just because people are being horrible to them but there has to be a way that we can stop this happening it's not on it's just not it's not fair it's not and it's uh it's not going anywhere either that in spite of various campaigns and various you know and talking about it it's it's still going on in terms of when just in the last couple of weeks we've obviously heard the debates in parliament even and and hearing the stories that have obviously david amos who obviously tragically lost his life doing his job and we now know so many mps are constantly bullied online like that just for doing their jobs just for doing their job and I mean look you can have a robust and healthy debate but to be so 
disgraceful, particularly mm. against women MPs, I have to say. Mm. Men get it as well, but it's different. I mm. think it's different. I think it's much more personal and actually much more threatening as well. Mm. And and we can't dismiss well, it. Well, it's often of, sexual you know, as well, isn't it? It's oh, it's sexual. absolutely. It's mm. vile. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I, do, I get sort of now and again, you know, some, I don't get very much. I just tend to mute them and, and not mm. give them, you know, anybody like that, the power over me to think that I've had to block them because I've seen what they do. But what I always say to people is, Captain Sir Tom, the loveliest man that was ever put on the planet, he got trolled. I mean, his his daughter was able to protect him from it, um, mm. but he got trolled. And I think, if somebody like that, oh. <laughs> well, yeah. what, you know, then really, that you can't listen to these people, they're they're just not even worth bothering about. It's ridiculous. No, it is ridiculous, and I kind of, I, I kind of take it back a couple of stages and think, well, where, what, what were they doing thirty years ago? Those kinds of people were they, were they just mm. thinking these thoughts? Were they going out and kind of like, you know, how did, how did it come to this that people have got this anger inside them and this hate that seems to be so prevalent? Where, was it just deeply kind of squashed down somewhere, or did they actually get a paper and pen out and write about it? No, they didn't, because you and I both have worked in telly long enough to know you hardly no. ever got letters, did you, back before social media? And if you did no. get letters, they were usually nice things. You never got anybody yeah. writing anything horrible, did you? I think the giveaway was always if it was in green ink. <laughs> that was a giveaway. That's when you knew, uh-oh, I shan't bother reading this. I should put it in the bin. <laughs> did you ever get one of the, um, did you get the Phantom Pua? I was a, I was a recipient. <gasps> what? No, of, yes, tell me. I got, so it turned out there was this guy sending feces. Oh. I know. Um, unfortunately, I had a PA at the time and she was opening the mail. Oh, and no. She, the I mean, thing. it was... It was kind of void of liquid by the time it arrived. It was oh. a bit dried out, but still, you don't want to go there, do you? And she also looked after Chris Tarrant, and he'd got one. So she had two clients who had to basically. <laughs> and, uh, That's so, and when I heard, well, when I heard Chris had got it, and then I heard Fiona Bruce had it, and I thought, my God, I'm not in an exclusive club here. This is a big no, group no, no, of no, people no. now. This is growing and growing. And, and, and then I. Of course, I don't take it personally at all. But um, no, well, you got away with it there, Lorraine. Or maybe somebody, some poor person at ITV had opened up your Oh, God, I hope not. That's absolutely... I mean, but, but what, you, you kind of think the thought process, like you say, yeah, of somebody but, who would actually do that, take yeah. it, do it, put it in a box and take it, and take it to the post office. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, what? I mean, you can only feel sorry for that. Can I person that? I mean, I, and also, there's Ooh. a lot of different things to dislike. I mean, I don't know how Chris Tarrant was doing Millionaire at the time. I don't know what the problem with, with him. I mean, I could see him having a problem with me, obviously, being a woman presenting football. I definitely deserve the poo. I'm not oh, sure geez. what, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what, what Chris Tarrant nice. had done to him. But yeah, um, I mean, it's inventive. Um, and let's hope uh, the end the end of that, you know, that's that, that those days are, are gone. And it's expensive to send stuff in the post now. I don't think people would even put the it stamp is. on it, would they? Um, no, indeed. <laughs> I'm delighted to say, Lorraine, that my expert today, you know very well. Let's bring him in. Oh. It is Dr. Amir Khan. <gasps> my Dr. Amir. Oh, I love him. He's the best. <laughs> Amir, are you there? Oh, hello. Yes, hello. I'm here. Hello. Hi, guys. Angel. Lovely to see you. I don't you. need to introduce you two. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need to say Hi, Lorraine. Lorraine. Amir, Amir, Lorraine. <laughs> Hello, love. It's great to see it's you. Nice Always to see a joy. You. Always I know. a joy. This time last week, Lorraine, we were hanging out together. 
That was a, we a high point for me. Yes. Wow. That was good. Yeah. Amir Especially. was in my house and he was he was telling me how to make my house much greener with all oh. kinds of tips and wonderfulness that we're going to put on the show. Um, but it, it was I learned so much from that. It was fantastic what it was, you can do. It was great. It was great. And you are so welcoming. She's the hostess with the mostess. Tammy. Is this, yes. is this <laughs> your new, I'm sure, I'm sure she is. She's the loveliest, as we know. Is this your new ITV show? No, it's part of the Lorraine yeah. show. So, so. Oh, yeah, so, so there's segments right, okay. coming up uh, uh, on that. So, Good. Yes. Well, I'm going to stick to your main topic, which is being a doctor. And um, what I really wanted to talk about today, actually, was cancer mm. and midlife cancers. But the first thing, while I've got you on, because I don't know about you, Lorraine, I'm hearing lots and lots of people telling me about people that they know or they love who've got cancer diagnoses uh, over the last few months. It just feels like there's a lot of cancer around. And my only conclusion from that can be that these are the people who were missed in lockdown and we're now really seeing a kind of heightened level of uh, numbers of people with cancer because of that. Is it, Am I kind of putting two and two together and kind of barking up the wrong tree here um, or am I close? Uh, I think there is certainly some of that. In the earlier parts of the lockdown, we saw less people coming into GP surgeries with symptoms that could be cancer. And there was a real drive when, when we noticed those numbers plummet to get people back in uh, and, and really encourage them and, and tell them about what symptoms to look out for, really, and more so to say that primary care was open and that you know it was safe mm. to come because lots of people didn't want to bother us lots of people were worried about getting covid as well so there was all of that going on but for for the well over a year now we've had those numbers back up so our referral numbers into cancer services are back to what they were pre-pandemic but you're absolutely right. right i think now that you know we were getting this message about what to look out for uh, um, that's really got out there. And the fact that that people know that we're open and it's safe to come, we are seeing higher numbers of people worried about symptoms of cancer, which is good. It's, mm. You know, even if we're not worried about it, you know, it's good that you come and talk to us so we can reassure you, if not refer you. OK, so let's then focus on the kind of midlife cancer story. And, and actually, a lot of the people that I've been hearing about are in this period of life and some of them with terminal diagnosis, because it seems that a lot of the cancers around that are kind of synonymous with things in this period of life, a lot of them are quite um, silent for a long time. And a lot of them involve men not wanting to get stuff checked out, women too, but some of them uh, seem to be more male, the stories I'm hearing. So what are the main things that we should be looking out for? If you had a, like, a top few that you wanted to share. The, the vast majority of cancers are, are more prevalent as we get older. Uh, so we can kind of look at a top to toe. This is the way I like to do it. Kind of we can work our way down each system. So starting kind of in the mouth, oral swallowing area, if you've had trouble swallowing any pain or sticking uh, of food as you swallow for three weeks or more, you must go and see your, your doctor. If you're over 55 years old and you've got new symptoms of indigestion, so that's heartburn, you must go and see your doctor there as well, because both of those require a camera down to look at your food pipe, your esophagus and your stomach. In the lungs, if you've had a cough for three weeks or more, particularly if you're a smoker, but not only if you're a smoker, please do go and see your GP because we do need to refer you for a chest X-ray. Uh, very obvious ones if you're coughing up blood or if you've got any unexplained shortness of breath for three weeks or more. A very unusual one to look out for uh, if you're a smoker with lung uh, in relation to lung cancer is if you've got any unusual kind of shoulder pain, so the back of your shoulder. If you've got pain in that area, you can't quite just you know explain why you haven't lifted anything funny you can move your arm around as you normally would but you've got this unusual pain any unusual pain really 
we, we would like to see. Uh, any unexplained weight loss, any unexplained abdominal pain, particularly with weight loss, we have to think about things like pancreatic cancer. Uh, again, over 50, a change in your bowel habit please do come and see us. And that's not just loose emotions. It could be new constipation as well. Women over 40, if you've got kind of new symptoms of bloatedness around your tummy, any kind of anything that might make you think, oh, have I got irritable bowel syndrome? That could mm. be ovarian cancer. So mm. please do come and see us. And that that is one of the cancers, isn't it, that, that can really kind of stay not so much dormant, but doesn't manifest itself in a way that people perhaps expect yes. until it's too late. Yeah, there's two big ones that do that ovarian and pancreatic cancer uh pancreatic cancer is so vague you know if you're if you're 40 50 60 abdominal pain weight loss back pain with weight loss you know really think about weight loss as a, as a key symptoms and one thing i will say because this is this is really really important new vaginal discharge in a postmenopausal woman whether it's blood stained or not, because we all kind of know, well, if you've been through the menopause, you shouldn't have any bleeding. But any kind of discharge from the vagina after the menopause is unusual and needs to be looked at. We'll rule out infections and thrush, first of all, but it could be something like cancer of the lining of the womb, endometrial cancer. So lots to look out for. For men, there's the prostate, obviously it gets bigger as we get older, that is natural. But if you have got symptoms of you know, difficulty passing water, dribbling after you've, you've, you've finished urinating, any blood in your urine for men or women. Really, really important. The list is endless, Gabby. That's why if you're worried, come and see us and we will help. But those ones in particular, perhaps the two at the end there, ovarian and prostate, actually are kind of interesting ones for this period of life, aren't yeah. they? Because of the way that they appear or don't perhaps appear, the symptoms don't appear. And, and a lot of men don't want to talk about the fact that they might be having a problem uh, going to the toilet, do they? And that and that can then lead to more serious problems. Yeah, and, and prostate cancer is really treatable if we catch it early. So please come and see us. And while I've got you here, um, I'm not going to do what Lorraine does to Dr. Hillary and just go kind of like, you know, as a personal um, uh, consultant there. With a, um, <laughs> I'm not doing my, I'm not doing my symptoms. No. But while you're here. <laughs> no, I did. And I mean, it's something that, and I love this and I'm very happy to talk about it because I, I think it's right. But because I'm, you know, sort of postmenopausal, but I'm still on HRT and I did experience a little bit of bleeding and I, I said it to Amir, she talked to him about absolutely anything. And you were so, do you know, every time you saw me after that, went, have you been and had that checked out? <laughs> have you been and had that check and I did I did good. but oh absolutely and everything's fine everything's fine but it was it was so good to have him to talk to and also to have him to remind me because you know what it's like Gabby mm, you put yourself at the bottom of the list yeah. and you don't do it so I'm I'm sitting there on the telly telling everybody to go to their GP and do that and then I needed Amir to give me a boot up the bum so I'm <laughs> uh, very it. good uh, so giving someone a boot <laughs> up the bum yes very good <laughs> so 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 while you're here um can I can I just talk to you a little bit about um I had a, a dietitian, a nutritionist rather, on, on called Pippa Campbell. And she's really into kind of looking at DNA and uh, hacking into our genes, basically, which means that some people are more predisposed to certain cancers because of that. We know that you can't change your genetic framework. However, there's a movement of people saying, right, what we can do is change our lifestyles earlier. And that involves changing your diet, basically. Um, and that's got to be the way we, we look after people going forward, surely. Because cancer's not, at the moment, sadly going anywhere, is it? It's not, you know, we're, we're getting better at treating certain cancers, but it's going to be with us for a long time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So so what we know about certain cancers, not all, is that there there are 
family links to them, particularly if you've got someone under the age of 60 with cancers, that, that increases your risk of developing a cancer. Uh, but also, you're, you're right to highlight lifestyle because we've seen an increased number of, of, of particular cancers that are linked to lifestyle. And, and no weight is a real sensitive issue for lots of people. But being overweight, being obese does increase your risk of lots of different cancers, including for women endometrial cancer, because fat cells will release estrogen. And estrogen that is just free to move around the body can increase your risk of breast cancer and endometrial cancer, which is why we tend to balance it out with another hormone called progesterone when we give it out to certain women. Um, now, the other thing is processed food. You know, we're eating so much processed food and that does increase our risk of, of developing bowel cancer as well. So lifestyle is, is really key. Now, I'm a really I'm not a big fan of this word lifestyle because um, for many people, particularly people from poorer backgrounds, and Lorraine will know this because I'm a bit of a champion for, for people from working class backgrounds and poorer backgrounds, their lifestyle isn't their choice. And, and the food that they eat isn't necessarily their choice. It's all they can afford mm. and education is different and all of these kind of factors play a part. And they often live in inner city areas where air pollution is denser and that increases mm. your risk of mm. certain types of cancers as well. We see we know that air pollution can risk, increase your risk of uh, lymphoma in particular. So, so there's all sorts of things that you don't have control of. So we then have to focus on what we do have control of. Uh, and for some people, they will have more control over their lifestyle than, than others. And we've got to acknowledge that. And we, we then have to focus on the people who, who are from poorer backgrounds and think, well, how can we help them as a nation? How can the government help them? And all of this kind of stuff to reduce their risk of cancer. Because down the line, it's a cost that, you know, is going to only increase, decrease, isn't it? Yeah. If you don't look after people earlier on, then you're going to be paying for their cancer treatment as a society later. Yeah. So have you got you got an answer? I've got two minutes. How do we solve this? <laughs> Better education, less air pollution, free school meals, big key, and, and looking at mm. meals at homes, you know, beyond what, mm. what children get for free. You know, how can we improve meals at home uh, and bring kind of environments that nurture exercise into inner city areas. I'm a big fan of green spaces in inner city areas. That will be more inclusive for these people rather than have mm. them having to get two buses somewhere to go somewhere green. All that fresh air, better food will reduce their risk of developing cancers. Well, I think everything you say there, Lorraine, just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It just seems like such oh, common sense. But I know, I know, why is it? I know. I wish she was health secretary. She <laughs> should be health secretary, honestly. Oh, no, just you know, or or could the government actually listen to people like Doctor Amir who are on the front line and yeah. who know exactly what it's like and aren't kind of like in a in the wee Westminster bubble. Um, and, you know, and, and get out and talk to people and, yeah. and listen, listen to what you're totally. saying. That would be, Absolutely. that would be a thing, of yeah. course. It's just, it's just, it's the whole mathematic equation that I just don't get that politicians at the very kind of highest, you know, kind of ranks of politicians don't get. It just makes financial sense, doesn't it? To look after people very early on in their lives, whatever it is, you know, regarding their health. So um, let's hope that the message gets through because as you say, yeah, if you've got some kind of, you know, if you've got a decent income and you've got kind of an education, then you do have more power to change that, don't you, ultimately? And and that seems very unfair, doesn't it? So um, thank you. Thank you for all of that. I mean, I mean that was a, the most incredible upsum of cancers. I think we need to kind of, we need to it's edit amazing. that and just put it out on its own. It's brilliant. Take, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time. My pleasure. And I'm sure Lorraine will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Love you. Take care. you. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Oh, I can see why he's a favourite on your show, Lorraine. Honestly, he is. The business is so, so good. He cuts through all the nonsense, especially, do you remember during the pandemic when it was there was no clarity <laughs> and we were all a bit confused and bemused and we just wanted to do the best and try and help ourselves and, you know, everyone in our community. And he just cut through it all and just said, this is what it is, this is what it is. And it's been, he's great. Um, so you look almost the same. I was just, you know, a few minutes left to just kind of um, worship, worship a bit more at the altar of the rain because you look, you look kind of like you did, you know, twenty years ago on telly. Um, and I wonder how much you worry at all if you know if if that's disappeared as a worry. Was it a worry ever about aging in front of Ooh. your audience? And has it? Got and I think I think because of the job that I do. I mean, obviously, you know, breakfast telly. They, they don't. Well, they certainly didn't hire me for my looks. That's for sure. I mean, I went. I remember one TV executive said to me all the reins I mean you, you don't make my trousers twitch seriously <laughs> which I have to say and I said I said I'm, said I'm delighted delighted and cannot tell you how happy that makes me thank you very much but yeah that was kind of nonsense you used to get honestly it was just ridiculous but I was quite pleased about it because I don't want to do that <laughs> I really no, don't no. Um, I haven't really worried about it. I'm very lucky my mum is 80 and looks 20 years younger I mean she's only 17 years older than me so we're, right. we're very close and um, she had me very very young uh, I used to think that I was a medical baby because I was only I said mum get married in July and I was born in November I was premature wasn't I <laughs> <laughs> but, what, but what I've never really thought about it so much I mean don't get me wrong you want to look as well as you can but I'm terrible yeah. I don't look after myself as much as I should certainly during the lockdown I've not been exercising as much and I have been eating too much and I've gone up me and Susanna were just talking about that you know we, we have you know lots of people have gone up a couple of dress sizes I don't think we should beat ourselves up about it and gradually gradually as we get back to normal hopefully um, that'll happen but yeah it's not something that really worries me and I'm frightened of plastic surgery I'm scared of doing things in case it all goes wrong we've done so many items mm-hmm. in the past and poor women have gone for procedures and they end up looking like Klingons. I mean, it's mm. awful. You don't want to look like somebody at Star Trek. And I think it's I think it's the fear. The fear <laughs> will stop me from doing it. And, and also, if you yeah. have to get knocked out and somebody's got a knife in their hand to do something to you, nah, 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 I'll leave that, thanks. And I think, you know, I've earned these lines here. I've earned these laughter lines. I'll call them laughter lines. But yeah, you know, of course, I think I think it's easier now, though. It's a lot easier. Mm. I was thinking about how you are somebody that younger broadcasters will look up to because you're there absolutely punching out there on your show. Um, you are kind of leading the way in so many ways in terms of holding that show down. And um, and I think you could do that for as long as you want, can you? Well, I, I hope so. For as long as people want to watch, really. And and I don't mind, you know, like I say, that a lot of people have got the image of Breakfast Television, especially my show being all fluffy and blah, blah, and all of that. That's fine. I actually don't mind people underestimating me. I quite like it. You know, going all the way back to the football managers, not all of them, but there was a couple of them that would patronise me. Um, and also, you know, whenever I do like political interviews where they underestimate you and they really should know better. Um, but mm. that's OK. I don't I don't mind that. It's not something that I get offended by. It's annoying sometimes, but it's mm. not something that I get offended by. And I just feel really lucky to be doing a job that I absolutely love. Every day is a school day. I learn something new. Mm. I'm a very I'm, I'm curious. You know, I, ho- I think if you hold on to curiosity and um, that keeps you young. You look at William Shatner, mm. the went up into space, and I watched that with a mixture of mm. awe and terror because I was so worried about him. I thought, oh, he's going to be all right. See, when he came out, he was like a child and he was talking about that experience. 
I love yeah. that. I mean, I would love to do that. Of course I would. Who wouldn't? But I mean, that that to me is just mm. keep your curiosity. Never, ever, ever let that go. So you don't have you don't have an end date on your career, you don't think? I don't think so. I mean, I, I would hope that I would know before <laughs> before I was told to shuffle off. <laughs> that I would know. But honestly, Gabby, I don't take it for granted. Mm. I, you know, I've been there in the past where I've been I've lost jobs and I've lost positions and I've lost things. And and nobody's got a job for life. No one, absolutely no one. Mm. No one is indispensable either. Um, but you know, while people want to watch, I'm delighted to keep doing what I do. It's it's a joy. I, I love the fact that I have to read books and I have to go see movies and I can watch TV shows and I do all of that. It's a joy so that I can talk to people properly. Mm. Um, and the amount of people that say to me, I can't believe you watched or read. And I'm like, but why would I talk to you if I've not watched your show? It doesn't make any sense to me. And it keeps your your brain, you know, it, it keeps your brain so elastic, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Especially during these times. Um, it, it, it has. And, I, and I, I love that part of it. I love the part of, you know, thinking up what we're going to say to people, thinking up how we're going to introduce them how are we going to illustrate it you know I the love process that. of I telling love that whole mm. process and again it is it is a it is a process that is totally a democracy and everybody everybody chimes in and again I'm so lucky with my team you know if they've got to work all night or if they've got to stay till midnight and then they're back in three hours later they're there you know mm. they're just incredible and that makes my job very easy mm. when they do that yeah it's wonderful but I mean they do it because they respect you and they love being part of that show and you, you can't I hope you can't so. get up at two I in the morning so. or whatever they have to get up if you don't love it can you I mean <laughs> no that that's true and they do and the thing is we don't tolerate I'll have to think of a, a, a nice word we don't tolerate horrible people or people that are you know bumholes mm. <laughs> You're allowed to swear on the podcast, by the way. You, I mean, you should have heard Charlene Spateri. She went beyond that. <laughs> oh, I love her. Isn't she the best woman? She's amazing. I absolutely love her. She's fantastic. She is. She's absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah, no, yeah, we just don't, we don't have time. No. Life's too short to be surrounding yourself with people that I know what you mean. Idiots. Yeah, well, you've, yeah. you've said a lot of wise things in the last hour or so, Lorraine, ah, uh, definitely. I but I think that, that's certainly one takeaway. And also what you just said, actually, is so important, isn't it? Keep being curious, keep being interested. Totally. And the, your totally. brain will just respond in such a positive way. And I think that is that is a usefulness, yeah. isn't it? Which you can have whatever age so. you are, your attitude I to think life. So. I mean, there's that thing about, I think in order to be interesting, you have to be interested, don't mm-hmm. you? You know, otherwise... Why would anybody want to talk to you? (laughs) Indeed. What what have you What have you got to offer? (laughs) And that And that is a kind of an overarching theme as well that comes up a lot, which is kind of relevance. And Charlene said actually something about I don't care that nobody turns their head anymore when I walk down the street because I'm a 54 year woman. She goes, but I'd still want to be relevant in the music world, and I still want to make sure that I'm. She is exactly. And so I think that that part of it is just like whatever. You know, I'm not I'm not 22 anymore. But I want to be relevant in what I do. And you certainly are all of that, Lorraine. Um, you are more oh, relevant wow. than ever, I think, in terms of particularly this midlife conversation that you're carrying on, uh, championing on your show, amongst many, many other things. I could talk to you all day, quite frankly. But um, Oh, Gabby, it's been a, such a joy, honestly. And I'm so glad that you do this. And this podcast has been, you know, it's 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 just great for women. Well, everybody, it's not just for women. I think everybody, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are either. No. It's just a real insight as well. And it's 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 just giving people more understanding of one another. And you can't be doing anything better than that. That's no, for sure. No, it's very rewarding to do. And it's lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much. You are uh, wonderful. You. Thank you so much to Lorraine for being such a mega guest. She is a legend of our industry, a superwoman, so kind and 
speaks with such sense, as does Dr. Amir Khan. What a force for good he is. And thank you to Solgar for sponsoring. And while I mention them, did you know that across the population, approximately one in five people have low vitamin D levels? Now, this is particularly during autumn and the winter months, and November through to February is peak time that we here in the UK are unable to create enough vitamin D from the sunlight. Of course, the latitude of the UK is positioned uh, in a way that isn't uh, very fortuitous for that. So luckily for you, our midpoint sponsors have an extensive range of vitamin D supplements from liquids to capsules and lots of varieties of strength. I've been taking them pretty much every day uh, for the last couple of years or so. Head over to solgar.co.uk and use the code midpoint or the midpoint for 30% off your order. Thank you also to Lauren Armstrong Carter for producing and for being such a great support and to you for listening. Thank you truly for being part of the Midpointers. I'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.